2: I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked end the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Han. It's a a different kind of housekeeping today because today is our one year anniversary episode which is really surreal. It has been a really hard year. (laughs) One whole year. I look back and it's been a really hard year. It's been a really incredible year too, but it was a really hard year. I went through a lot of things. I had a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And the one thing that remained constant um, was you guys and the show. Even when I took my break in the summer, you guys were there to check in on me, make sure everything was okay, make sure the show was coming back. <laughs> and when I came back with the arrival of Lula Rich, you guys were unbelievably supportive. And, um, you know, from that moment on, my life changed. Again, that's all thanks to you guys. This year, I actually get to make this a job, like a, like, a, like a paying job, something that's finally mine, that can't be taken away by a pandemic, can't be canceled by compliance, something I'm proud of, something I've worked hard for, and something I thought that maybe one day could help change people's lives, too. But um, (laughs) you guys had other plans for me. I decided to go with this episode because the story you're about to hear, sorry, (laughs) wouldn't have been possible without this podcast. (laughs) So I thought that it was only fitting that I shared this story for our one year anniversary episode. And I will tell you, while I was editing this and I was going through it, there's a part, <laughs> there's a part I almost cut out because um, I try to stay humble, and I'm really bad at taking praise. Uh, I'm I'm self deprecating with humor and things like that. I am um, I know that I'm out there on social media, but I'm actually a pretty humble person in real life, and I use comedy um, as a way to cope with most things that make me uncomfortable. So that's why you see me making jokes and being awkward and and, uh, (laughs) doing characters like Trudy. If you haven't met Trudy, (laughs) you should check out YouTube. But there's a part in this episode that I almost cut out. And then Danielle says, don't cut this part out, okay? (laughs) And I knew, uh, I knew she was right. Um, it's hard for me to take praise you know and when I do I know there's always people talking about how I don't deserve it so it's very hard for me to actually enjoy my success because of that and that's something I'm working on and something I'm learning to let go but it's something that's there and it's something that definitely affects my um, executive dysfunction sends me in a little ADHD like hermit stage um and that's again something else I'm working on that I've been working on and that you guys have been following with that journey as well so hey I'm uh I'm posting this even though the praise in this episode made me uncomfortable it's something that I need to hear and so I I wanted to publish it and um Danielle has become such a good friend that um I couldn't do her dirty by cutting out the nice things she said about me in the show. Sorry for the waterworks, but um, I just didn't think this would be this so fast. (laughs) And so to thank you guys, we are going to be doing a giveaway on Instagram. You can head over to The Real Roberta Blevins or Life After MLM podcast and find the graphic for the one year giveaway. All of the stuff that is going to be given away will be in the caption so you can see it. So to enter, all you have to do is be following both of those accounts and comment on how this podcast has helped you in some way. Easy, easy homework. And, uh, and I'll be picking a winner. We'll be picking a winner at the end of the month. You have two weeks to enter. And let's give away some stuff. It's just my way of saying thank you. Thank you for letting me be a part of your life. (laughs) Thank you for taking me on your runs because I would run no other way. Thank you for listening to me while you do the dishes, (laughs) while you clean your house, and while you commute to work. And most importantly, thank you for helping me create and foster a compassionate anti-MLM community. Every day we're helping people leave. I really have no idea the size of the ripple effect that I've created. But um,
0: I know I wanted to do this to help 75 women get out, you know? And uh, we've helped thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands.
2: So many that I've lost count. And if you're one of those people, I'm incredibly proud of you. And if you're going to become one of those people in 2022... We can't wait to have you join us. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. You guys, you are in for such a treat today. We have Danielle Bolster, who is the host of Huns to Humans podcast. Um, And if you're not listening to that, you should be. So (laughs) hi, Danielle. Welcome. It's so great to see your cute face. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited, like seriously, I know I say that all the time and I know that I say I say that all the time, but I'm really, (laughs) really excited because you also have an anti-MLM like compassionate podcast talking to people who are getting out and like educating and it's about mental health and like realizing that we're victims and like breaking that stigma and it's so important and it's a wonderful companion to this podcast and all of the other things that we're working on that are coming out in 2022, I, I mean, I just, I cannot say enough good stuff.
3: Thank you. I I really like it. I really I have so many things to say about like our podcast kind of being like companion podcasts, because you can listen to uh, Molly Hale's story on your podcast and you can listen to it on my podcast and they're different. Like they're the same, but they're different. And like you get something different every time from sharing your story and you get something different every time from listening to it in another way. Like, you know, we all have different questions and we all have different lenses um, but I love that we're both really passionate about being compassionate.
2: Oh, yes. that should be like
3: a tagline.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, I I smell some merch coming up or something.
3: <laughs> passionate about compassionate. <laughs> it's it's great.
2: I was just listening to the episode that you did with Carla, um, which we had on the show. Carla and I did Lula Row together. I love Carla. She's incredible. We talk about her whole nasty ass story with Sam over on the podcast, but on your podcast, it was completely different. You guys went into the mental aspect and there wasn't as much scammy stuff.
3: Right. Well, you know, I really try, like if I have somebody on my podcast, that's already on your podcast, I really try to listen to your podcast and then be like, okay, so like, where do I want to go with this? And like, what, like, you know, what am I going to do different? Cause like We don't need two of the same podcast, (laughs) but we can have the same people tell their stories. Like I said, multiple times and they might heal a little bit more. And like, even if it's the most basic story, like I welcome it. If I, as long as I can fit you in my schedule, like, let's go, come on, tell me, tell me the same story that I've heard 50 times. It's cool. It's cool. And somebody will listen to it and somebody else might get something from it that they just didn't get from the other 75 episodes of whatever, you know? Absolutely. I can't even tell you. And this
2: also happens as like, as soon as I hit, stop recording you know we'll finish up our conversation usually like five or ten minutes that we talk after and even in that they're like, oh crap, I forgot to talk about blah 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 and it's like <laughs> guess what you're probably gonna be on another podcast soon and you'll be able to talk about it then so even that like and sometimes the notes that I make to be like make sure you ask about this like sometimes we never even get to that stuff. So it's really important, especially if you find somebody on 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 this podcast that you're like, I really liked that person to see if they're on your podcast as well chances are they might be, and have a completely different conversation and a completely different learning experience. <laughs> okay. So we know you've got this great podcast. We know you're anti-MLM now, but yes. like all the other guests on the show, you weren't always anti-MLM. So let's talk about your life before all of this. Um, and, and what, what was enticing that, that, that pulled you in to multi-level oh. marketing and how, and what, well, what that looks like and how you got there.
3: So, um, I feel like I am just like the classic woman in our American society who is a victim of diet culture. Um, I, and, you know, I look back now on the times when I started doing all of this stuff and I'm like, I wasn't like, I'm, I was like half the weight that I am now. I'm like, oh my God. And now I'm like, I'm awesome. It doesn't matter what I look like, (laughs) but, um, so pretty much I started with isogenics, and that story is pretty short and sweet. Um, I really started just for the products. I, I did sell, I got one of my friends to do. It and I was just like, oh, like if I have a friend do isogenics with me, then I can, um, you know, it'll just make the products a little bit more affordable. So I did that. I had a friend do it and I was like, all right, cool. Um, but it was extremely <laughs> disordered eating it's um when I was doing it anyways it was a shake for breakfast like an apple with peanut butter for snack a shake for lunch and then a little tiny chocolate square and then a like four to 600 calorie meal that was supposed to be like chicken and broccoli wow yeah yeah (laughs) um
2: so, uh, you know, there's, there's so many of these MLMs and, and this is like the first time we talked about Isogenics, but so many of these are basically just expensive starvation diets. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Absolutely. you could starve yourself at home for free. It's very easy. <laughs> it doesn't cost you anything. You just stop eating. I'm not recommending
3: that it's horrible right. advice, but right. you could do it at home for free. Also, you could like do this. Like I, again, not recommending it, yeah, so you could literally buy protein powder at Walmart and do the same thing. Like you don't have to buy isogenics expensive protein powder. Um, and it's just it's just too much. Um, so that uh kind of like fizzled out over time. Um and then I found Plexus, another uh company that you haven't talked about yet.
2: All I I've only talked about it on TikTok because it sounds like Moira Rose saying,
3: and it's like
2: my favorite thing.
3: Yes. Um, so I I don't know. Can you put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Um. So another thing, I, I'm a clinical mental health counselor. I'm licensed in the state of Massachusetts. So at this time, I was either just about to go to grad school or just started grad school. So one of my coworkers in the mental health counseling agency I worked at, um, introduced me to Plexus and essentially was like, it's just all of these pills and you lose weight and you feel fantastic. And I was like, awesome. This doesn't sound like drug dealing at all. Wait a second, magic pills? Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I can keep eating burritos the size of my head every day for lunch and I can lose weight. Amazing. Um, yeah. So I start that. Um, and a fun thing that they tell you when you start Plexus is that um, the first like month is your body detoxing. So you can get side effects such as extreme headaches, um, stomach cramping, um, TMI, but like explosive diarrhea. Um, it's rough. And like those things kind of fade away. At least they did for me. Um, I mean, after- but those, aren't those also signs of like your body entering
2: starvation, like headaches and cramps and explosive <laughs> diarrhea. Like those aren't good signs.
3: No, no. Usually those are the signs that your body is like, please stop doing this <laughs> so I'm doing that thinking it's fine <laughs> we're all good here and um so I'm doing the triplex package which is a probiotic uh magnesium supplement and then the pink drink uh and then slowly I just start adding all of the other supplements so I'm spending probably around 300 a month on supplements um And also I work in community mental health as a bachelor's level person at this time. So like I'm making zero money. Um, But they're like, oh, you can like sign people up and like use it as a business and make extra money and you're going to help people and you're going to help them like with their mental health and how they feel and help people feel healthy. Immediately I recruited two people. It was great. Um, One of like my best friend from work and then this other girl who's also awesome and, but she was like, I don't know, like she just took the products and she was like, yeah, Danielle, you keep selling that. I was like, cool, thanks. <laughs> um, so yeah, we do that. And I'm in grad school and I'm bringing my water bottle, my pink drink, my shake, all to grad school with me that all say Plexus on them. I am literally a walking billboard for this company. I'm handing out lotion packets to my professors. Like no one at all is like, this is weird. (laughs) I don't even know um,
2: Plexus sold anything other than like, they have lotion?
3: Yeah, they have like um, a body cream that was originally actually like a breast plump cream. (laughs) Like it was supposed to make your breasts perkier. Um, And then they decided that your whole body could be perky. So like, let's rub that everywhere.
2: I'm getting, um, like, massive Uncle Rico vibes right
3: now. <laughs> so, so I do that. Uh, oh, and they had, like, this um, muscle pain cream that I actually really liked um, because I, like, would put it on my stomach when it was, like, that time of the month, and I would, feel like, I would wake up the next morning, and, like, I wouldn't have any, like, cramps or anything, and I was like, this is fantastic. Um and like, it makes sense. Like it's like supposed to help relax your muscles. So like, that made sense. I mean, But it's no different than Bengay or anything that you could buy at the store right. for less money. It was just like my first experience with that type of product. So I liked it and I didn't think it smelled as bad as whatever my mom was using. So I was like, this is okay.
2: You know, I think that's probably how a lot of people end up trying MLM products and being like, whoa, because like as a hairstylist. It is wild to me that so many people are like, oh my God, Monate is amazing. And I was like, well, what were you using before? And they're like, 99 cent swab," And I was like, okay, well, then of course. But like if you're using Olaplex or or like something amazing and you switch to Monate, like I instantly saw a difference. I was like, this stuff is shit compared yeah. to the professional stuff that I'm using every single, well, not every day, but you know what I mean. Um, and I think really a lot of times people get in depth, like get the introduction to these products that are sold at stores, but they've just walked past a million times because it's in this MLM. And they're like, oh my God, it's amazing. And you're like, yeah, okay. But it's like, there's a thousand of them at the store. There's no difference. You're just paying extra. And now you're in a cult too.
3: Right. Exactly. I end up like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm like being Plexus girl everywhere, except like Like, and by being Plexus girl, I just kind of like held the bottles with me everywhere I go. Like, like if I had something in my shaker cup, it was my Plexus cup or whatever. Um, But I never made like, I obviously never like tried to sell to my clients or anything like that. And even if my clients were like, oh, what are you drinking? I would just say like, oh, it's just my drink. I just have flavored water or something like that. Cause I was like very concerned about being ethical, which as I should be and I get into this a lot and I'm actually planning on making a lot more content around this area. So be on the lookout for that. Um, But like, there's a lot of ethical concerns around you, like specifically people that have power. So therapists, social workers, nurses, doctors, lawyers, um, even like your massage therapist, your hairdresser, like in their area of expertise, they have power over you when you go to like, consult with them. so Right.
2: You go there knowing you're going to trust this person inherently.
3: Exactly. So you shouldn't be, like, tricking your clients into joining your pyramid scheme. Um, and also, for me, that creates a dual relationship, which is very unethical in the therapeutic setting. Um, it's a little bit different in other settings, but in therapy, you're supposed to have it's supposed to be ther- therapist client, and that's it. Like you can't have therapist friend or therapist boss babe or therapist whatever. Just just one. Um, so yeah, I end up going to convention, and it's exactly what you describe in all of your other podcasts. It's a troll party. I lost probably over somewhere between eight and ten thousand dollars at convention. Like my at, ADHD- at convention. At convention. I spent so much money on clothes and on burritos, but also on, uh, I'm really obsessed with burritos, um, which I'm sure you can really relate to because I know that you love tacos.
2: Tacos uh, and burritos. And I'm going to get tacos tonight with uh, a friend uh, and also a listener. I'm just so excited.
3: that's amazing I'm so glad that you're having tacos now I kind of want tacos so um, I spent so much money on like merch and then they released new product and I bought a bunch of product like I spent so much money there like between the plane tickets and the ubers and the food I didn't like it was in Las Vegas I did not gamble I didn't do anything fun the only fun thing that I did while I was there was I sat by the pool and I found this um this like uh what's it called a speakeasy bar yeah, yeah. So, so that was cool that was a cool thing that I did but other than that I was so messed up by the time difference because I'm uh like around the Boston area and Las Vegas is not um I like got there and I was like I can barely move I'm going to sleep until it's time to watch Kelly Clarkson sing <laughs> Oh, no, so. <laughs> and Kelly
2: Clarkson performed at the Plexus show, too, or the Plexus oh, convention.
3: Yeah. I feel man. like Kelly Clarkson might as well just, like, make a, like, sequin dress that's, like, no matter which way, like, you know the pillows that you can, like, rub, and they change their design? I want her to have a dress, and, like, on one side, it's, like, normal, and then she brushes it up, and it's all of the MLMs that she's supported. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like that Poor would be Kelly Clarkson. Oh, man. I'm really... I hope- I it really
2: bothers me that that uh the booking agent it's not the it's not the celebrities, it's their booking agents. Their yeah. booking agents need uh a lesson in predatory practices and business models for sure.
3: Right. Well I mean also she probably doesn't realize it either. Because no, she has no idea. Yeah, I at least I hope. That's what I tell myself. I'm like, she must not know. <laughs> You know, I'm still
2: disappointed that, like, Kelly Clarkson never mentioned anything about Lula Rich. I really, really, really wanted her to invite Daryl on her show and sing a duet, um, and she didn't, and I was kind of disappointed in that a little bit. Like, there was a whole, whole ability for her to, like, be a hero and be like, yeah, down with MLMs, Um, and she missed it, and I was kind of bummed.
3: Well, then she can't perform at other MLMs. (laughs) I think Uh, that's an excellent point. Um, So, okay. So yeah, I go to convention. I come back and I'm like, I'm going to do great. Oh, also at this point in time, I probably have like 20 people that I've actively recruited at some point within my time in Plexus. A lot of them fell off, but like I had 20. I thought I had 20. I was like, I have 20 people under me. I should be the next rank. (laughs) Like it's great, um, I never hit that rank. Uh, I feel like, um, the like little voice actor that like says on the side, she never made it um <laughs> <laughs> exactly right <laughs> be a boss babe. She never became a boss babe, exactly <laughs> um, so. I come home I'm like, this is gonna be fantastic, amazing, blah 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 blah. It's like my third year into grad school at this point when I finally went to Vegas and like did all this stuff, and I was like, All right, we're gonna do plexus, we're gonna do grad school, we're gonna become therapists, we're gonna be amazing. It's all in the plans, <laughs> and also like maybe I could be a plexus like consultant and I could just do therapy part- time for fun like would that be cool um But yeah, so eventually that kind of dream died somehow um, where I, I ended up taking time off of Plexus because I had my internship and I was working full time and I was having a lot of issues with my ADHD and like getting my medication right. Oh, also during this time... I was told lots of medical claims, which is important to add. I know I'm all over the place. I'm so sorry. I have ADHD too. So like me and Roberta are just going to be all over the place for the rest of this podcast. So I was told that I could get off my medication, my ADHD medication that I needed for grad school to survive. (laughs) Also, I have been on that medication since I was in second grade at this point in my life. So I was like, pretty like I needed to be on it. I didn't know how to function without it. Like I was trying, I was trying so hard to get off of this medication. Other medical claim is that my sister has autism. And I was told that if I give my sister these supplements, that her autism would be cured.
1: What? Spoiler alert.
3: It wasn't. (laughs) That's like, I can't,
2: I I just, I, that's how I feel about it. It's like, I, I don't. I'm sorry, buying a $99 kit does not mean that you can tell people that their autism will be cured. Right. What?
3: So I have actually gone to some conferences that are not linked to MLM that talk about supplements and therapy. And one of the things that they talk about is that, you know, people with autism often have issues with different like foods and textures and things like that. And they usually have a very limited diet, which means that they're like, stomach isn't fantastic and that can lead to more behavioral outbursts because like you're constipated or you're going too much you're either going not enough or too little depending on what is going on and what you're eating so um yeah if you give a, a person with autism but again not making any medical claims <laughs> here but but it stands to say if you help a person with autism relieve like their stomach issues then they might feel better and not have as many emotional outbursts. But again, do go and uh, talk to your doctor.
2: (laughs) Right, you know, it's like not, it's not going to cure it, Right. but there could be things that help ease symptoms, but that doesn't mean it's a cure and you shouldn't be getting it from a boss babe on Facebook. You should be talking to your doctor.
3: Exactly. Okay, so I'm in grad school. I'm starting my internship. I am overwhelmed. and also on the wrong dose of my medication. So I go to the psychiatrist, I get put on this max dose of this medication. I don't tell any of my boss, babe, friends. I um, crush it in grad school, and I take a step back from my MLM because I just can't do it. I did have a couple of failed relaunches where I was like, I could probably handle this, and uh, just didn't, and it kind of just flopped Um, and then I just used the products for a long time because the other thing that happened to me was when I first started using these products, um, my hormones somehow balanced out. I don't really understand what happened, but before I started taking these products, I was around like 22, 23, and I would get my period on a Wednesday and we had these big meetings at work on Wednesdays. And the meeting would end and I would start crying and my period would start. I would just start bawling my eyes out for no reason. Just like weird. (laughs) So then I started taking these supplements and it stopped. And I was like, okay, Hmm. they work. Right. You're like, it has to be this. It couldn't be anything else. Exactly. So I I kept taking them because I was like, well, they're doing something for me. Like, I don't need to sell them to everyone. I can just do them myself um, and whatever. So fast forward all the way to the pandemic. Um, the pandemic starts my routine changes. Again, I have ADHD. If my routine changes, stuff falls off the plate. Um, and I stopped taking the, um, supplements and I was like, okay, like I didn't even think anything of it until I, um, it was probably like two weeks after I stopped taking the supplements and I had extreme suicidal ideations. Um, Me and my fiance, uh, we had just gotten engaged. Literally like that week we got engaged. We put a down payment on, or we put an offer in on a house. Um, And I was like doing my dream job and like all of this stuff. And I was just like, I looked at him one day and I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. And I was- (sighs) terrified because I was like there's no reason for me to be sad and I know that like people with depression like I know that that is a thing that like you have no reason to be sad but that wasn't anything that really happened for me like that wasn't one of my my uh cards dealt for me to just have like essentially like natural depression
2: was this the first time that you had ever experienced thought like thoughts like that
3: So, I mean, no, I, when I was in high school and things like that, you know, my angsty stage, um, things like that kind of came up, but not anything to this degree. Um, and I was never like scared by it because I hung out with people that thought dying was cool. So, um, you know, teenage angst, I was like an emo girl. I was going to say, very emo. Yeah, I was very emo. (laughs) Um... So, and like, looking back, I was like, oh, well, when we ran out of supplements, we would all like trade. Like, I would be like, oh my God, I ran out of biocleanse. Does anybody have any? Cause like, I knew that if I stopped taking these things, I would get sad, not to the degree that I was at this point, but I knew that I would get sad. And we were all like, oh my God, we need to make sure we don't run out because like, we don't want to get depressed. <laughs> so I messaged my upline. Oh, before I at messaged my upline, I uh, found a therapist. Cause I was like, okay, like this is not good. Let's find a therapist. And um, then I messaged my upline who like, I don't, I didn't really talk to her or anything. It was just like, whatever. I don't know. Our relationship fell off. Cause I was just buying the products whenever I needed it. But I had like a stock of products. So I wasn't very regular and I messaged her and I was like, Hey, I just want to let you know that this just happened. Like I stopped taking the products and then I became suicidal um, like, I'm okay now, but I wanted to let you know this was happening. And she never responded.
2: Hmm, weird.
3: Yeah. And that right there absolutely broke my heart. I was like, are you serious? Like, you're not even going to message me back to ask if I'm okay? Like, I, I'm pretty sure I said in my message that I was okay. But like, she didn't even say like, I'm so sorry that happened. Like, nothing.
2: Jeez. I'm sorry.
3: Thanks. Um, it sucks. Yeah.
2: I, I really hate that like fake sisterhood.
3: Yeah. You know, it's so fake. Um, And this wasn't my direct upline. It was my upline's upline because me and my upline actually had a falling out, Um, which I can't remember those details too. I was like, I was like really upset because I felt like she was using me for her MLM. I don't know why I was upset about that. <laughs> or like didn't realize what was well, well, you going felt on. That way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, she's just using our friendship for this MLM. Like meanwhile, like she was much older than me. Not like much, much. Like she she was like a cool mom. And I was like just out of college. And I was like, Okay, we can be friends. <laughs> Which like wasn't abnormal to me. Most of my coworkers were older and like we would all go out and like they just accepted me as like an adult, and I was, like, I don't know why I'm a child in adult's clothing, but, like, <laughs> so, yeah. We'll and say, I will say,
2: as, like, the older cool mom, because I'm in my 40s now, like, when younger people want to hang out with me, I always feel, like, oh, my God, they think I'm cool, so don't even <laughs>
3: worry about it. <laughs> Perfect. That's probably exactly what was going on, um, and so then I, like, obviously stopped taking the products. I, like, What I ended up doing, and again, I'm not advising that anyone takes this or does this or whatever, but what I ended up doing was I like took the product one day and then I would wait until I started to feel a little sad and then I would take it again and then I would wait. And then like the periods of time just kept getting longer. I essentially weaned myself off.
2: Wow. Do you know any other people that like, they had the same effects on this and what were the
3: products? Um, so the triplex pack, so it was the probiotic and the magnesium supplement. So I, I don't know this for sure. I haven't done the research on it, but when my friend, um, she, it happened to her too. And she said that the, again, this is all hearsay. Um, but she said that the supplement was actually bought from a trade show by Plexus and, um, it wasn't meant to be used long-term. Hmm. and it definitely wasn't meant to be used long-term with magnesium, which flushes your system. So like you have like this intense probiotic that's like doing really intense things in your body. I don't really understand how these things work. Um, I used to think I could understand how they worked when I was (laughs) selling them, but I don't. Um, so I had this intense probiotic that like, wasn't meant for long-term use. I was taking for four years and magnesium, (laughs) yeah
2: and then after the fact you're like it made me feel like I wanted to die and they're like yeah you're not supposed to take it long term sorry we forgot to tell you that four years ago
3: yeah yeah that's so wild
2: I swear to god oh my god
3: but like remember what I was saying me and my like upline and stuff if we ran out or if like the website ran out of product of those products we would like buy off of each other to make it until they like got restocked because we knew that we wouldn't feel well Like, we knew that, like, it would make us sad, but I did not realize that it would make me that sad.
2: I wonder how many listeners are listening right now going, holy shit, I was on the triplex and I felt really sad. Um, Yeah. If that's the case, please, please hit me up and let us know because I'm really, really curious about these products now.
3: Yeah, I, like... I talked to the Better Business Bureau at a job fair and like, they were like, you need to like call the FTC and like file a formal. And like, I've reported on other companies and I still haven't reported my experience, which is hilarious. Like, again, just I, all, I'm i about mental health. So I'm going to point out that's an ADHD thing is like having too many things on your plate, like trying to keep all the plates spinning. The plates fall. It's a disaster. There are broken plates everywhere. So yeah, at that point, um somebody that my ex-boyfriend went to college with started reaching out to me and my fiance who was uh, in the process of becoming a personal trainer. And um, she was like, oh, like, can you uh, run this group fitness class for like charity for my company? And like all of the money's going to go towards like giving products to the nursing home or the nurses or whatever. It was Arbon. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, that's awesome. And like, my fiance was like, um, he's like, yeah, that's, that's great. Like that's his first opportunity to host like a fitness thing. And he was like, I get to like do the thing. I'm a real coach. Like, yay. She sent us like an Arbon candle and like a bunch of supplements to like try as like a thank you. And we were like, thanks for the candle. I'm not joining your company. Cause like, I just got burned by Plexus. But she kept chipping away at me. And also I have a friend from high school that's in Arbonne, uh, a friend, she's an acquaintance and she has the Mercedes. So I was like, yeah. Right. So So
2: you're like, okay, someone I know personally mm -hmm. did this. I know her and she has the car. Yes. That's so much more like motivating than someone I know, knows somebody, knows somebody, knows somebody that got the car. Like you physically know this girl
3: right exactly so I didn't sign up under the girl with the car eventually like I mean eventually she trickled down into me and I was like I was like oh, okay like I, I do kind of like your protein shakes I was looking for a new shake because I stopped taking plexus and I was determined to have a vegan one and then I was looking into the company more and I was like oh they're a b Corp. oh they um really care about the environment oh they really care about this stuff oh my gosh their compensation plan is in the shape of a square and not a triangle wow, this is fantastic. And I look at Nick and I'm like, this is great. You're going to be a personal trainer. I can sell Arbonne. We can work together. It's going to be great. It's a quadrilateral <laughs> scheme. It's totally different. <laughs> yeah. So we do that. I... Uh, I did really well my first month, really well. I made like $600. Like that's what I profited was $600. But I bought probably around $1,000 worth of product. So <laughs> it just probably within two or three months. So um, it was insane. Like I was spending so much money and I thought I was saving all this money. And, ugh. But I went into it and I was like, I'm going to do this different. I'm not going to recruit I'm not going or like actively recruit like if somebody came to me that was fine but like I was like I'm not recruiting and I'm only gonna like sell the product because I was like I know that a pyramid scheme is built off of recruiting and I'm not gonna be a pyramid scheme like me as myself is not gonna be a pyramid scheme I would tell Nick I was like oh I'm gonna go on my cult call and I'd go to the weekly meetings and do all this stuff I was all in And then eventually I tried to recruit people and I ended up inventory loading and I ended up spending all this money that I said I wasn't going to do all the things I said I wasn't going to do. And then it came time for me to take my licensure exam for my license to be a therapist, the thing that I've always wanted. And I failed my first test because I spent all of my time doing Arbonne and uh, yeah. The other thing that was happening was that my phone was blowing up so much with Arbon stuff that I was very distracted in sessions. Like if my phone was like, it was telehealth. So I like my phone would be there going off and I like, I was getting that dopamine hit of like, that could be a sale. That could be a sale. It was, it was not good. It wasn't good. Um, and I was realizing that and I was like, okay, like something needs to change. Like, This is my job, and like I'm not doing very good at it right now. I was very behind on all my paperwork at work, and no, it it was just it wasn't good. Like I became very obsessed with Arbonne. Again, ADHD thing.
2: And that dopamine addiction is like yeah for real.
3: Yeah, I do it a little bit longer, and then eventually I'm like, okay, you know what? It's I need to take my test again. Like I need to back off. I need to do this. And they were all, like, because there was some sort of, like, weekend event, like, that you had to pay to do. And I was, like, I can't do that. That's the day of my test. And they were, like, oh, well, we hope that you pass. Good luck. But, like, we really wish you were here, like, guilt tripping me into, like, trying to come. And they were, like, oh, like, if you finish early, you can come and, like, to our house and have our, like, super whatever. I don't remember what the event was called, but event event. And like, hang out with us and like, we'll tell you what happened. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, if I pass this test, I'm going to go home and eat Chinese food. And if I fail this test, I'm going to go home and cry and eat Chinese food.
2: Like, you're not in my plan at all, Arbon. Sorry. Yeah,
3: yeah, no, like, this is another, like, if I fail this test for a second time, it is a very hard test. So if you're listening to this and you're like trying to take your licensure exam for anything, those tests are hard. It's okay that I failed the first time. Honestly, I'm not a good test taker. So, like it it really just helped me to take it another time. So that's fine. I passed by two points. It was it was rough. <laughs> but I passed, and that's all that matters.
2: <laughs> Congratulations.
3: Thank you. So you you pass
2: the test, you go home, you get your Chinese food. Yes. You ignore yes. our bond, and then what yeah. happens?
3: I pretty much just trickled off again. So then, like the next six months, I was just like buying product. They, like, released a new flavor of protein shake, and I bought, like, seven bags of it. After I did that, I think that might have been either my last or second-to-last purchase, and that was, like, around February that they – it was a re-release of an old shake, and I was, like, amazing. I need it.
0: Head over to Quince.com and grab yourself a little something-something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the flow-knit high-rise boyfriend jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring.
3: And also in hindsight too, I never wanted to join Arbonne because I was so angry that they had limited edition products all of the time. And I was like, I like get addicted to whatever I like, you know, I'm a, okay, we're going to have chicken nuggets every single day until I'm sick of them type of person. Another like, ADHD trait. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um. So particularly with breakfast foods, like I'm very like, it needs to be easy. I need to be able to have it every day. Like. So if I could get a shake that I could have every day that I really like, that's awesome. And that was what I hated about them. And I was like, I can't do that because what if I like it? And then they get rid of it. Well, obviously you stockpile the product.
2: <laughs> Which is probably why you bought seven bags.
3: Yeah. And then I just kind of trickled off. And that's when I ended up uh, reaching out to one of my friends. Uh, we had done flexes together and then she moved to Limelife. And then I, she had posted something on Facebook and I like messaged her and was just like, Hey, like, how are you? And like, we ended up talking. And then I asked her how like her lime life thing was going. And she was like, actually, (laughs) I'm very anti MLM now. And I was like, Oh, yeah, me too. And then she's like, Oh, my God, have you ever heard of life after MLM? (laughs) And I was like, No, what's that? And she's like, it's this great podcast, you need to listen to it. And then like, I started listening to it. And I was like, Okay, you need to send me everything that you know about because I didn't realize anti MLM was actually a thing. I thought that she was just like, Yeah, I'm against those not that it was like a whole community of support and amazingness of like people that are ready to like embrace you and be like yay good job
2: absolutely (laughs) Um, wow so she was like you need to listen to this podcast and you did
3: and here we are and here we are (laughs) there is like a second back layer of all this where the last like two years of that me and my fiance were also doing beach body and we both developed like I'm going to cut this one really short I wasn't a coach but we both were doing beach body and like we were all in and we developed a lot of disordered eating patterns through beach body and now he is very against beach body because he's like well, a lot of the form is wrong they encourage exercising too often it's just all a mess Anyways, if you want to follow him, his handle is Nick Anderson Fitness, and he's a great personal trainer. You're welcome.
2: Yes, go follow him right now.
3: He also uh, posts some anti-MLM content, which is really funny. He has like, he likes to talk about Herbalife Kyle a lot. um, Oh, wow. Yeah,
2: you know, I'm finding myself like trying to follow more people that aren't necessarily anti-MLM advocates. Yeah. But who have anti-MLM within their platform. Like yeah. I follow different fitness trainers and intuitive eaters and things like that yeah. that are anti-MLM. So I know that they're never gonna try to pitch me herbalife. They're never gonna try to get me to join their Arbon team or anything like that. Yeah. And I gotta say, it is so wonderful knowing that I'm not gonna get a weird pitch because I followed someone that inspired me.
3: Yes. Actually, one day, I think you like liked one of his posts and he was like, your girl, Roberta, just liked my post.
2: <laughs> I feel like if I don't follow him, I definitely have liked his posts. I'm going to make sure that if I'm not following him, that I am as soon as I get off of this
3: chat. <laughs> Great. He'll be excited about that too, because he, he he's, like, a- he's like, oh my
2: God, your girl, Roberta,
3: just followed me. <laughs> Well, I'm, uh, you've been a huge part of my life the past six months because I like, like I was obsessed with Arbon or any of the other things. I became obsessed with anti-MLM content and in particularly your content because it's very compassion based. And I would go into different anti-MLM Facebook groups and people would be mean or people would like shame people. Like there was one, I posted something in an anti-MLM group and it was a post from one of my therapist groups that I was in. I like obviously cut all the identifying information out but it was like this therapist having I think it was essential oils in her office or something like that and I was like oh my gosh this makes me so sad and then everyone was like if I knew my therapist was a hun I would never ever go into them and I'm just like Okay, like, it is not right that they're, like, parade, like, it depends on the level. Like, if you just have a doTERRA oil in your diffuser, and, like, the bottle happens to be there, then, like, I mean, like, obviously, we're not thrilled about it, but, like, whatever. If you're actively pitching to your clients, not okay. It You know, so, like, just because somebody is a professional doesn't mean that they're not susceptible to manipulation like that.
2: Yeah. And that's one of the things we talk about on this podcast, on your podcast, that anti-MLM sure. is a spectrum.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You don't leave your MLM and then immediately the next day start like, you know, like writing letters to Congress. Like it, it doesn't, ha- that doesn't happen. It, it's a slow process and not everybody who's quote unquote anti-MLM is as gung-ho as you and I. Not everybody has an anti-MLM podcast where they're trying to educate people. That's okay too. Some people are just like, hey, you know what? I don't do that anymore. That's fine. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to support you. That's fine. And some people are like, I hate MLM. I hate the structure, but I really, really like this one product. And I haven't been able to find a dupe. I've tried all of your suggestions and none of them work for me. I'm sorry. I'm still on this product and that's okay. Right. Okay. It's okay. Okay. We can't shame people for trying to do better and you cannot expect everybody to be a hundred percent day one.
3: There are all like, there's the financial side of this too. Like there are people that have huge financial income, you know, the people at the top that, you know, you get into the spot where you're like, I need to leave, but I don't know how. You know, a lot of times I've I've talked to some people that have like left their accounts active, but like stopped recruiting and just kind of let it drain out on its own. Or, you know, they have to wait until they can figure something else out. Like you have to remember too, like a lot of people have been in MLMs for years, especially if you were quote unquote successful. So then what are you supposed to say to people when you go to apply to a job and you have a five year, seven year, 10 year gap in your resume? because you were a boss babe like because I know I'm not putting boss babe on my resume um uh, nope sorry I mean yeah
2: yeah what do you put what do you put regrettably a boss babe ask yeah. me about it I have a whole story but I did learn these few things yeah thank you so
3: much yeah, go, go check out my story on From Hunts to Humans or on Life After MLM, and you can hear the whole downfall of how I'm no longer a boss <laughs> babe.
2: Right? Here is a list of resources in which I've spoke out about my time of missing, of missing employment. Please go check out this. <laughs> no, I mean, for real, that's a real thing. I got people that are like, I don't know what to put on my resume. What do I put on my resume? I'm like, I, I don't know. I really yeah. don't I, I really don't other than being honest right. because we have people that are recruiters that listen to this show that send me messages. And they're like, if people put our on there, I don't even want to look at it. So it's right. like, what do you put? Maybe I should reach out to some of those people and be like, can you come on the show and talk about writing a resume after MLM and how you can make that
3: not look horrible. Right. Exactly. There's a way to spin everything there is. And it just stinks because, you know, it's tough. Cause if you put entrepreneur on there, like we're not, we already know you're not an entrepreneur when you join an MLM. So like, that would be like the easy way out, like quote unquote, but it's not because if they start asking you questions and then they're like, you're actually not an entrepreneur, you're going to be like, I know. <laughs> so yeah, I feel I, that
2: in that, like honesty is probably going to be the best, but we got to figure out a way on how to be honest without Looking really bad. Yeah, I'm gonna have to make. That, I'm gonna. I'm gonna make some emails. I'm gonna send. I think emails.
3: that might be a really good topic for your upcoming YouTube thing.
2: You know, that is a brilliant idea too.
3: Because then they could screen share potentially of like how to do a resume. And oh my god, like I'm gonna that. send
2: some emails and I'm gonna work on that. That's a brilliant idea. Really,
3: not just a hat rack. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So oh. you, you leave MLM, you reach out to your friend. She's like, mm-hmm. I'm anti MLM. You're like, oh my God, I didn't know that was a thing. Me too. You find yep. the podcast and you decide I'm going anti MLM. At what point in your journey did you say, I'm going to start a podcast too?
3: So I actually have, um, another podcast that I did before this one. And it was just a mental health podcast where people would just share their mental health stories. It was Okay it would get like 20 plays per episode. And I was just like, it wasn't giving me the dopamine. And like, it's not about the plays. It's like, it's not about the plays, but it is about the plays, you know, cause you produce this content for people to listen to, for, to educate people, to um, help people. So if you're not really reaching anyone, it's like, well, why am I doing it? Like, what's the point? So then I eventually was like, I don't know. I didn't really want to do the mental health podcast anymore. It's um called Humans Being Human. If anyone wants to go listen to that, you can hear my whole ADHD story on there. That's fun. And there are a bunch of other really good stories on there about, like, postpartum depression, things like that. It's really great, um, but short. Only a few episodes, really. And then I was like, I really want to do what Roberta's doing, but I was like, how do I do that without literally doing the same thing Roberta's doing? <laughs> Because at the time I wasn't thinking about how every time you tell a story you heal differently or you help someone else or it hits different. I was just like, well, I can't do the exact same thing. (laughs) Uh, And then I was like, well, duh, you're a therapist. What are you talking about? You can do something different and the same all at the same time. So I like tentatively put in one of the groups that like this was like a passion project that I was looking to start and. I was like does anyone have any like name suggestions and it was actually somebody in the community that helped me come up with this name she called it from hunbots to humans and I was like ooh, I don't like hunbots because uh it's not very trauma-informed huns is like not very trauma-informed either but like the intense but I like that the term huns is general gender neutral it symbolizes the time that you're in uh network marketing and humans, like we're all human at the end of the day. And like, you know, you go from being this MLM machine to being like, oh my God, I can breathe. I can do anything I want with my time. I can pick up my phone and not have to make a post about Arvon. It's just really cool to like see people come out and to see people be able to breathe again and be able to live their lives, like actually live their lives.
2: Yeah. Right. I, I, I think From Huns to Humans is a perfect name because it like symbolizes taking your life back.
3: Yeah, exactly. And it's true.
2: Like I felt like I lost myself in MLM. I I look back at the pictures, the outfits, Jesus Christ, the outfits. I look (laughs) back and I go, "What, what was I doing? Like what was going on through my head that these actions and these things and these words were what I chose to represent myself with? Yeah. I, I, I like the term hun. Most, a lot, not a lot of people don't even know, you know, a hun is just somebody that sold an MLM. It is gender neutral. It does seem more feminine, but it is gender neutral because yeah. guys could also say, Hey hun. Yeah. It literally is the greeting. Hey hun.
3: Yeah. I feel like I was much more of a, Hey girl. I never really Me said, too. Hey hun. I was more of a, Hey girl. But like, I now really struggle. Cause like when I message people about the podcast, I'm like, not to slide into your dms but do you want to do this thing with me (laughs) now i like say like i'll say like hey hey and i'm like this is not any better
2: (laughs) still say hey hun and i just laugh i think it's funny (laughs) um i've taken back hun i'm like hey hun i never even used hun but i've taken it back and i think it's great and i call myself an ex hun you know in terms of a hun huns it seems so robotic. But that's right. why we have the term hun bot. The really yeah. robotic ones are hun bots. If you sold an MLM, I am sorry, you are a hun or an yeah. ex hun. There's, you just are, and it's okay. Embrace it. Uh, and, and just be like, yep. Sorry. Here I am. Sorry. <laughs> <I've tried."> yep.
3: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's, there's,
2: there's shame, but there's also not shame, right? It's like, so many people are affected by MLM, whether you join them or whatever. It's like, it's this weird connection that we all have that like, we never talk about. Yeah. And like, that's what's so great about this podcast and your podcast is like, we are ending that stigma of shame and failure. And I'm such an idiot. And it's like, no, you just got sucked into the wrong machine and it turned you out. Sorry.
3: I feel like being on the podcasts are like, no matter like if you're on Aaron Bees' podcast or you're on mine or you're on Roberta's, like it doesn't matter whose podcast you're on, but like, I feel like being on an anti-MLM podcast is almost like this rite of passage to like move through your journey. <laughs> and then, oh my
2: God, totally.
3: And then it turns into like the celebration because you're like, I got to tell my story It's out there and I'm no longer that person and I'm moving forward. Like you close that chapter of your life by doing a podcast, in my opinion.
2: It's so cathartic. It's so fun. It is the first thing I did in terms of media and speaking out. I spoke on the Sounds Like MLM But Okay podcast. That was over four years ago. If you listen to it now, knowing what I know now, I sound like a completely different person. I'm a completely different person in that podcast. I was fresh out of LuLaRoe. I didn't know anything about MLM other than I got scammed and duped. And I needed to tell somebody about it. I've educated myself. I'm a completely different person now. It's just kind of fun to listen to that one. But it's really interesting to like see where you were the day you left and how you've progressed. And I honestly, it is, you're absolutely right. It's a rite of passage to be like, someone wants me to tell my story. And share my story because it not only has value, but there's education and there's like processing and moving out of this toxicity. Mm-hmm. It's all there. It's so wonderful. I, I mean, I never expected, and, and and maybe this is for you as well, but I never expected one that people would ever even want to be on my podcast or even listen <laughs> to it. And now it's like I am so excited when I get to do interviews because it's like it's so fun. We're on a video chat, we're hanging out, I'm getting to know people and like in these deep 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 pockets of like I've never told anybody this but and it's like it's I, I don't know it's the most rewarding thing
3: I've ever done besides being a mom well part of why I decided to do this podcast too was because um I've actually reached out to you a long time ago and it's very clear to me that you were overwhelmed and you can't you can't You can't possibly get all of these stories out there that want to be said and I was like you know what if I can help get these stories out that's more people spreading their voices and who cares if some of the episodes are the same, who cares if we literally interview the same people who cares.
2: Absolutely. Who cares? And you are 100% right. I am overwhelmed. Uh, (laughs) Like I said, I had no idea people actually cared. And uh, when I put the call to action, it was like, holy shit. Okay. You guys do care. Uh, Slowly working through all of that. Uh, But please don't take it personally if I didn't get back to you yet. I love you guys. And I want to talk to you. I'm just incredibly overwhelmed, but I do have my scheduler up now. So that should definitely help me get people up. And I'm trying to produce as many episodes this year as I possibly can. You know, I'd like to take this full time. If I could take this full time, y'all, we would do more episodes a week for sure. And more things. But right now this is all I can do. (laughs) Yeah. So I do appreciate you starting your podcast it's a, an amazing companion to this. And you are being able to take so many other stories and tell them because I just, I haven't had the time to do it. Right. And no. I'm so happy that Erin has her podcast too, because I'm just like, Oh my God, this is incredible.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's so great that we're all here and we can all work together and we don't have to compete against each other. There's No competition here. I love that. I love that because in MLM, they were like, there's no competition here, but there was, it, you were literally competing against your upline
2: right? Like I don't care about scooping. I don't care about being the first person to talk about something. I don't care about being the one that exposed, you know what I mean? I don't care. Like it's that's right. just silly stuff for me as a collective group, as long as we are moving forward, that's what matters to me.
3: And I just, I just adore you. Like I told you before you are like 100% like my anti MLM role model. Like, I love that you're compassion-based. I love that. Like, and you call yourself compassion-based but I see you as a trauma-informed person you look at things and you're able to say like this is delicate how can I support you versus victim blaming and anything like that and you know there are a lot of angry people out there that have left MLMs and like I get it it sucks it sucks to have lost that much money but like, we have to remember that we're all people and like, we live in such a hard world. Like we need to be nice to each other. We need to support each other. We need to approach each other with compassion and kindness because what else do we have?
2: I know. And you know what? I, I try to be as compassionate as I possibly can um, until I get threats and then the claws come out a little bit. And, and I'm well, still, um, even when I mean, I'm still pretty nice. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah. you know. I don't wish ill on anybody. I don't hope anybody falls down a a flight of stairs and cuts their face open or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's ridiculous to me. That's toxic. That's horrible. That's not okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) No. Like I did address that and I did kind of get a little snarky on that, but Hey, you know what, if you're going to say that about the people that I love and the movement that I have helped, you know, foster and create like,
3: Nope, you're going to get called out. Sorry. I tried to be and, nice. <laughs> and honestly, Roberta, like, I really hope that you give yourself the credit that you deserve. And like, don't cut this out of the podcast, because you deserve to be, um, like recognized, like you, you have done so much for this community. I know there are a lot of people that have done things. I know there are a lot of people that don't get the recognition, because we don't know who they all are. But like, you do so much for us. And like, I really truly believe that the anti-MLM community would not be where it is today without you.
2: Oh, you're going to make me cry. Oh, good. That's my goal. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um,
2: You know, it's taken me about a year to actually really process a lot of the nice things that people say to me Um, I have a lot of big and little t trauma in my life before MLM and so there's a lot of things for me that are hard for me to take credit for and um, say thank you so I I'm just going to say thank you because um, again I'm not about the credit or anything like that and it's all a movement conglomerate together but I appreciate you saying that thank you.
3: And like, I get what you're saying. It's not about the credit, but I, I do think that you deserve recognition. And there are, I know there, I know that there are other people. And like, I thank them too, because I know that there are people that are instrumental in this movement that I have no idea who their names are or even their usernames. And um, I, I, I just, I know that I would probably be doing Octavia right now if it was not for your podcast.
2: Well I I'll take that then. If I saved you from, you know, chewing gum being a snack then yes. Yeah. Uh I just I am so proud of you. I want to tell you that. I know that there probably are people telling you how proud they are, but I am incredibly proud of you Danielle. You are really helping guide this movement. And the more people we have that understand that it is a movement and it is a collective movement and it's about compassion and it's about being kind and just showing people the alternative, the truth. Like, look, I know people are saying this to you, but I just want to show you what, like what that means. And you can take this information, however you want. You can call everybody. You can tell everybody I'm a crazy hater if you want, or you can actually listen to your cognitive dissonance and be like, you know what, actually that that doesn't make any sense. Huh? Hmm. Maybe that hater girl, uh, isn't full of shit after all
3: yeah actually I would also love to monopolize your platform for just one more second where I tell everyone that if you um feel called to post anti-MLM content like you really should because the whole point of this is consumer awareness and I know it can be really scary to make your first anti-MLM post you don't have to come up with it yourself like share any of like the other creators posts that they come out with Um, and like, it's really easy to start with the fact posts. So like things about the bite model, things about the FTC, just saying like, oh my gosh, I listened to Roberta's podcast for the first time and it changed my life. Like, that's how I started. And at first I thought that I was going to get all of this, like hate messages from like the people in my like following, like on my personal account, I got so many messages from people that said, I'm so glad that you're out. I'm so glad I've been watching you for the last however many years, and I've been cringing in my pants watching you. And like, I'm just so glad that you're here now. And it's amazing. It's amazing. Like, you know, not everyone's going to get that response. You might end up getting somebody that says something snarky to you or doesn't understand, but like, we need to educate people. And the more that we can create this like social, um, what, what can we call it? Like a social pressure, around MLMs not being okay. Yeah. That's gonna help because it's gonna help people be like, oh, you're doing that? Like, oh, you wanna sign up for that? Oh, you're buying these products? Ooh, like, do you know that those aren't actually very good? Or like that that business model is preying on the backs of women to like steal their money? (laughs) Like it, it helps to open that door and to create this like normalcy that MLMs are not okay versus that they are. Um, Right.
2: Absolutely.
3: So don't be afraid. I know that you have friends that you follow that are MLM and you're afraid of hurting them, or maybe you have family, but like they need to know too, and you might get blocked, but like, if you can do it, I really encourage you to, because it's important.
2: You know, I'm going to give a real world example right now. I very, very rarely post anti-MLM content on my personal Facebook page. I have a business Facebook page. I have all my other social media I try to keep my Facebook to just like family stuff and like updates. Right. But every so often I will post anti MLM on my personal page. I'm friends with a lot of hunts, like a lot of mega hunts. I have a lot of friends that are mega hunts and we just don't talk about MLM. Right. They just don't bring it up. I don't bring it up. I'm not that kind of person. I made a post about the recent paparazzi, uh, results, Uh, and what the poisoning of those specific um, heavy metals would be. And it literally said, hey, attention, anybody I know that buys, sells, or wears paparazzi, these results show, you know, alarming levels of heavy metals. Uh, Here are the results. I just, I took a couple and I highlighted, I posted them. Uh, I posted the the effects of all of these different heavy metals. And I shared it. I'm not afraid. I actually have a friend that sells paparazzi, uh, an entire room. I had a friend who saw the post and texted me and she said, isn't that the stuff that so-and-so sells? And I said, I think so. And then I went and checked and I said, yeah, yeah, it is. And she's like, she has small children like in that room all the time. And she's doing this and someone tagged her in that post she never responded. She, I don't know if she looked at whatever, you know, I don't do it to shame people. I do it to warn people. And you know, if that, if that's her being like, well, Roberta doesn't hate me. And she looks at it and goes, oh my gosh, these are dangerous. I have small children in my home that could get heavy metal poisoning. It's dangerous and terrifying. And my children mean more to me than anything. Like if I had a room full of paparazzi, and they're like, it has dangerously high levels of cadmium that causes cancer, causes irritability and all of these different things. Like, I'm not chancing it. Like, I'm just not chancing it. I'm sorry. My child's life is more important than $5 jewelry. I'm just, I'm not chancing it at all. So I posted it. Most people, there were a couple of people that were like, well, what do you expect from $5 jewelry? and i said yeah. well i expect truth and transparency cuz it literally says on their website that it's lead and nickel free and apparently very clear to us that it's actually not
0: right.
3: and then other
2: people commented and they were like oh actually that's a great point of course 5 dollar jewelry probably going to have lead and nickel and all the horrible things in it but that 5 dollar jewelry maybe is not saying hey we don't have this we're totally legit and fine and you'll be totally fine and we didn't we didn't you know have 22 deaths from our super spreader event in the summer either you know what I mean? Right. Like, there's problematic issues with this company. That's not just the lead and the mercury and the cadmium, right? And post it. I got Huns tagged in it, and nothing happened. Maybe I helped somebody. Maybe somebody threw away the five, six pieces they had in their house. Maybe I saved someone's kid from possibly getting hurt. Who knows? Yeah. It doesn't really affect me. I don't have paparazzi in my home, but I care about people. And I felt like I can't stand up and be an anti-MLM advocate and then let these test results just go on by and like not warn the people that I care about that possibly have this in their homes. Right. And that's what it is. Consumer protection, advocacy, education. You can sell MLM if you want. I'm not going to hate you. I'm not going to make fun of you. But, you know... I am going to be concerned. And if I see bad things happening in the company that you're in, I want to post about it so that at least I know that you saw it. Maybe.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: I mean, it's terrifying. uh, I'm in the paparazzi recovery group and the women in there, I go on the the tea times and, and the clubhouses there are women in there who are crying, who are like, I devoted my life to this and they liked me. I don't know what to do with myself. What do I do? Where do I go now? Like, how can a company destroy and devastate the people that have literally given everything to it? The Kirby family should be ashamed of themselves.
3: Yeah. It's like really... I feel like what's going on with paparazzi right now is like really resonating with me with like the LuLaRoe documentaries where like people had all of this inventory and then they, there was problems and no one did anything about it. I, and obviously this is different because you did not get poisoned by your leggings. Thank goodness. But yeah, the most I got, I, I got violently ill uh,
2: a few times unpacking leggings and I never, ever, ever correlated it until after. And then I started oh. looking up mold sickness and I checked every single box.
3: Oh yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that, but you're right. Yeah. All of the mold and and being in your house. That's also, I mean, yeah, but it was only
2: like when I would open up new boxes and there was like a ton, it probably yeah. happened two or three times where I got like violently ill. And I was like, what is happening? This is weird. And I never, ever, thought that it was the leggings or the box or anything.
3: I don't know why you didn't realize that it was just your body rejecting being a hun. (laughs) That's exactly what it was.
2: (laughs) My body's like, "Mm -mm, no, immediately. No, immediately. No. Well, you know, uh, you're incredible. You're amazing. And I want to know if you're ready to answer some questions.
3: Oh gosh. I literally, so before I got on Today, I was like, okay, Roberta's gonna ask me your questions. And I've literally spent the last like seven months being like, What would I say? And then I've I've been spending the last half hour before we got on this call. I was like, okay, what are you gonna say? And I still don't know. So I'm ready.
2: <laughs> I'm like, if you're anything like me, like I would be the kind of like if I listen to Life After MLM as a fan. I would be the kind of person that would answer the questions at the end of every episode and be like, I, can't, I know exactly what I would say. I would practice every single time, but I'm weird.
3: I, well, <laughs> That's I've done, what I would do. <laughs> I've done that. And then my answers have changed as I've learned more. And I am just like, and then like, I really repress a lot of bad memories. So like, I probably didn't even tell some of the most horrific parts of my story because I can't remember them anymore. My body's just like, nope, that was bad. Um, I can't even
2: tell you like how many times I'll be thinking of something or someone will tell me a story and I'll go, Oh my God, that happened in LuLaRoe. I remember. And I just like completely have forgotten about it. Ugh, it's that's like the worst. And also sometimes the best where you're like, I'm going to make a TikTok right now. (laughs) I just remember this really horrible thing and I bet everybody will laugh. So let's tell it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. A core memory has been unlocked.
2: (laughs) Ding. Yeah, absolutely. All of my core memories have multiple colors, like every single one. (laughs) All right. What is one word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing? Dangerous. And a warning or a piece of advice to somebody who is on the fence and thinks that joining one might be a good idea.
3: Keep doing your research. Keep listening to this podcast. Keep like consuming other material, like go look up the company that you're talking of, like looking to join. There are so many of them and there's so many that are so sneaky that you don't even realize that they're MLMs. Like every single day I find out that there's a new MLM, not a new MLM, just an MLM I didn't know about. Um, Oh my God. I can't like the
2: comment section. People be like, can you do a TikTok on this one next? I'm like, I didn't even know. Like I've never even heard of
0: that one.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it's just so important to like, go look at the FTC website, like take a minute, ask your friends, like literally ask your friends, like what, if I did this, like, what would you think? And like, ask a couple, ask friends that are not in MLMs because that's what you're worried about, right? Is like what your friends are going to think about you. Ask them before you join.
2: Yeah. Your hunt bot friends will 100% support you, but then you're also going to have to have a party for them as well.
3: Right. <laughs> if you ask your other friends like that aren't in mlms they might be able to be like well like I already go to a bunch of parties for this or like I I really don't and you're going to see the saturation and you might get some friends that are like uh don't do that you're an idiot (laughs) you're not an idiot we we are not calling you idiots but
2: we love you yeah we're all idiots and that makes none of us idiots (laughs) exactly (laughs) what uh what is the worst mlm in your opinion
3: all right i have a lot of things i i actually did think about this one so i think cultiest mlm worst cultiest mlm is amway but i think like collectively any of the health and wellness mlms are the worst in my opinion because they're manipulating people's mental health and physical health. And they're teaching them. They're literally coaching people into an eating disorder. Oh my God. I didn't talk about that. Can I talk about that for a second? Of course. So when I was in Arbon, I actually took an eating disorder training because I'm not an eating disorder expert or anything like that, but we took a training for the agency I worked for. One of the eating disorders that I wasn't very familiar with was orthorexia. And I she was describing orthorexia. And I was thinking about Arvon and I was like, I'm coaching people into an eating disorder. And I went to my upline and I said, Hey, what do you think about this? I think that we're coaching somebody like people into eating disorders. Like, how do we prevent this from being an eating disorder? Like, how do we, how do we help people like this is about helping people? How are we supposed to help people and like make sure that they're not doing this wrong? She encouraged me to make a training video for the uplines, which I'm pretty sure like for the upper management, like area managers and above would be able to see it, but not for lower consultants. Um, And so I like made a video and I'm pretty sure it was just to like, be like, okay, Danielle, you did your thing. You educated people now move along. So for anybody
2: who is listening that doesn't know what orthorexia is, can you describe that for us?
3: Sure. Orthorexia. Again, I'm not, um, I'm not diagnosing or treating anyone. If you have any concerns about anything I'm about to say, please go consult a professional in your area. Um, but orthorexia is essentially the obsession with being healthy. So like throwing away, like not eating bread because like you're scared of bread, not because you have a legitimate gluten allergy. Because you're scared of bread, or you're scared of eating certain foods because of what they could do to you. Um, so that's that pretty much encompasses it. There's there's more, but like, um, you should if you have any like food. Like honestly, at this point in America, we really should all be seeing a nutritionist. We really should. Your doctor is not a nutritionist. You should see a nutritionist <laughs> because. The amount of times my doctors like across the years have given me weird health advice. My fiance's doctor told him to just do like crunches and go for a run. And then his like high cholesterol would get better. The
2: amount of times like a doctor has told people to just lose weight and it will solve the issue is incredibly problematic.
3: Right. Exactly. So don't, don't, Like, I mean, like, if you were looking for a referral, go to your doctor, but, like, I wouldn't go to my doctor and be, like, help me with this, like, nutritional issue. Go to a nutritionist, please.
2: What is the hardest lesson that you learned in MLM?
3: That they're not really my friends.
2: Same.
3: Yeah, like, I really thought that these people were my friends, and it became very obvious very quickly that they were not especially every time i like stopped doing my mlm or um when i became anti mlm and i got blocked
2: <laughs> and everybody's favorite question
3: the positive takeaway from mlm is there anything positive um yes okay okay um so i really found like my personality through MLMs. Like when I was a kid, I was in an abusive relationship in high school and things like that. So I was like really to myself, he like got rid of all of my friends. So I was just like this loner. And it took me a long time to like figure out who I was and to like learn how to stand on my own two feet and like be like, okay, no, this is me. And like, this is fine. I can be weird and have like my ADHD quirks and whatever. And like, this is who I am. And like, I'm cool with that. But, like, being in an MLM, I was able to, like, have a platform and talk to people and learn how to speak and learn how to, like, have conversations with people and to make friends um, and influence people. Um, (laughs) It really should be called... Nice one. Yeah, it should really be called How to Make Friends and Manipulate People. But um, (laughs) that can be the title of our book.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Let's write a book for sure. (laughs) Perfect. I think that's beautiful. I'm so glad that it took being in a destructive cult for you to find yourself, but you found yourself. And now you're creating amazing content and compassionately educating. And you would not be here if it wasn't for MLM. If you didn't have to walk through that fire, like you wouldn't be here on the other side, helping people out of it too.
3: Right. Exactly. I totally wouldn't. I would have been like, oh, okay, cool. Um, that's not my crusade. Cause I also believe that you can only pick so many like problems to fight for. Like if we all fought for everything, then th- the pyramid runs out. <laughs> There's not <Right>? no room. <laughs> like
2: I only have enough energy to like really crusade, like one big thing.
3: Right. Exactly. And we we picked our poison. It's anti-MLM.
2: And <laughs> I'm happy with this one. Like I feel like I found my people. I'm like, <laughs> educating young people. Like people actually care. They really want to hear it. We're having a good time. We're laughing. We're crying. We're connecting. We're making friends. And yeah. you know, we're enjoying our life after MLM. And it's seriously the best thing that's ever happened. So I'm I'm all here for it.
3: Yeah. Me too. This was so fun.
2: I know, right? Tell everybody how fun it is. Uh, thank so you <laughs> so much, Danielle. Thank you so much. Uh, I am going to, again, tell everybody everything is in the show notes. You'll be able to find all of Danielle's social contacts in the show notes. If you are interested, follow her, listen to her podcast, From Hunts to Humans. It is wonderful. If you have already, and here's the other thing if you've listened to Life After MLM and you've already heard everything, and I know you guys listen to episodes more than once because I see the numbers on the backside. <laughs> If you're like, I have nothing else to listen to, you now have an entirely new podcast to check out
3: and you can listen to all of Danielle's episodes as well. And I, I post an insane amount of like episodes because I can't say no to people. So I just am like, okay, well, I guess I can record five episodes this week and I'm going to post them all in the same day. So like,
2: (laughs) yeah, you have a completely different posting schedule than I do.
3: Yeah. Yeah
2: yeah I, I, I I'm yeah. so I love doing two episodes a week it's just so much work and I edit so much so yeah. I don't know there's a lot of things coming up this year we'll see again like I said yeah. like as long as if I can take this full time to, you guys I don't know what I'm saying yeah
3: <laughs> yeah listen to those ads twice <laughs> yeah. really
2: you know download best fiends <laughs> you so much for listening to life after mlm don't forget to like subscribe and share and follow us on social media at life after mlm podcast and my advocacy at the real roberta blevins you can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes and if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought oh my god i have a story just like that that needs to be told hit me up the real robertablevins at gmail.com I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after
1: MLM. See you next time, Hans.